I've been looking forward to this opportunity this morning uh, to preach at the services today in three of our area deaneries, uh, the Tlandyboy area deanery, the Dufferin area deanery, and the Mourn area deanery. Uh, I'm really glad to be with you this morning uh, and want to assure you of my ongoing uh, prayers and uh, wanting to encourage you as I seek to lead all of our churches forward in these days in the proclamation of Christ and in the building up of his church. So let us pray together as we begin to look at today's gospel reading, some verses from Matthew chapter 10. But first of all, let us pray. Lord God, may your Holy Spirit be our teacher. May your word be our rule. And may the glory of Jesus be our supreme concern. So Lord, so anoint me to bring your word to each of these congregations in the power of your Spirit, that, Lord, you might equip us to be your disciples in the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In these verses that were read earlier in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10, there's a little f f phrase that we find, just three little words where where we're told that a disciple is, a disciple is, it begins in verse 24. A, a disciple in these verses is someone who is not expecting it to be easy to follow Jesus. In these verses too, a disciple is always keeping the end in view, not the immediate concerns. Thirdly, a disciple in these verses is someone who really knows that they're loved, that they're loved by God. Then fourthly, a disciple in these verses is a person who makes disciples of others. And finally, a disciple of Jesus means putting our lives on the line as we live for Jesus Christ. So, if I take as my text just these three words, a disciple is a disciple is not someone who leaves it to chance uh, just because they've been born into a Christian world or um, have been brought up in a Christian home or are even part of a, a Christian church fellowship and church family, belonging in some way. No, a, a disciple is someone who doesn't leave it to chance, but a disciple who is someone whose life is given over to Jesus Christ and who allows their life to be shaped by Christ. So first of all today, a disciple or a Christian is someone who recognizes that following Jesus isn't necessarily going to be easy and they don't have an expectation that it's going to be easy. Let's be real here. Why should it be any easier for us to follow Jesus than it was for Jesus himself to live life here on earth during his earthly ministry. That's made so clear in verses 24 and 25 of Matthew 10, where we read, A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher 
and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? Jesus, God's son, came to serve. He came and he healed the sick. He cared for the poor. He fed the hungry. He came to save the lost. He came to go to the cross and to make a way for men and women to become the friends of God. And yet Jesus Christ was misunderstood. He was slandered. He was lied about. He was rejected. Some hated him. Some even called him Beelzebub. Only a few, relatively speaking, believed initially in him. <coughs> we're told, excuse me, uh, we're told this by Bishop Ryle, and I, I love his writings. He said, if we let the world alone, it will probably let us alone. But if we try to do the world's spiritual good, it is likely to hit us as it did our master. In any honest examination of the scriptures, it's clear that following Jesus does not guarantee an easy life. And that's something that the truth, that's a truth that the church needs to make very, very clear in these days. Following Jesus, knowing the life that Jesus gives, which is, is life in all of its fullness, includes, as Paul puts it, sharing and knowing his suffering, as well as the power of his resurrection. We were never promised that it would be easy to follow Jesus. A disciple of Jesus is someone who doesn't expect it to be easy to be a disciple. Secondly, to be a disciple, to be a Christian, to follow Jesus, requires that we keep the end in view. Uh, I love the writings of R.T. Kendall, and he's written one book entitled, It Ain't Over Till It's Over. It ain't over till it's over. No matter what your circumstances, no matter what your challenges, no matter what my or your disappointments might be, it ain't over till it's over. I also love the way David Watson expressed it as he approached death. He said, the best is yet to be. The best is yet to be as he was dying of cancer and approaching death. He famously said that. When it's difficult, you see, the Christian will desire to continue to do the right thing. We will want to do the right thing because the right thing is the right thing to do. And following Jesus, being a disciple, requires that we keep the end in view, that we want to finish well. So we read in Matthew 10, verse 26 and following, So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body and hell in hell. The Christian can be confident that God is sovereign. In his goodness, God is sovereign. God can always be trusted. And regardless of our circumstances, we need not be afraid because God is in control.
You and I will have heard so many say, and it's true, that God was not taken by surprise by COVID-19. That this pandemic did not surprise God. It surprised the whole world, but it did not surprise God. One day God will bring to light everything that's now hidden, the things that we don't understand. God will one day make them all clear and make them all plain. Paul got this. He understood this. He wrote to the church at Corinth in chapter 4, verse 5. He said, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. We can trust God. The best is yet to be. There, there is something about what it means to fear God that we need to be able to, to capture and own and make ours in these days of following Jesus. A, a disciple will be someone who will have the end in view, but who in the meantime will fear God. By that I mean will put Christ first, will put Christ central in their life, will put Christ above and over what it means to succeed in life or what uh, others might think of us or what success in this world might look like. We will, above all else, want to honour Christ. We will want to live for Christ. So we see here that a Christian, uh, a disciple, is not surprised when things are difficult. A disciple, secondly, will have a long-term perspective on life and on living and won't be overcome by the immediate. Joni Erickson Tata, who's now 70 years old, uh, broke her neck in a, in a diving accident when she was just 17. She severed her spinal cord and so for 53 years she has been paralysed from the shoulders down. Uh, down through the years as well she's battled at times with depression. There's been long, long seasons, seasons of years where she has battled with physical pain. Some years back she was also diagnosed with breast cancer. But this woman's life has been incredibly fruitful. And the key to the fruitfulness of her life is that she's had a long-term perspective on living. She's kept the end in view. She's written in one of her books these words. She said, Jesus spent most of his life on earth removing suffering, but it's not his only attitude to suffering. She said, we try to medicate it and drug it and uh, surgically remove it or divorce it, but we were never told that we would be exempt from it. And then she quotes this verse from 1 Peter, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. In whatever circumstance of life, those who are listening find themselves today, we can press into his presence. We can know his presence. We can be refreshed by his presence. We can be restored by his presence. We can often be physically healed in his presence. But whether we're physically healed or physically restored or not, we can know the presence of God. 
and we can own the promise that the best is yet to be as we keep the end in view. For the Christian, for the real disciple of Jesus, heaven is our destiny. Thirdly, to be a disciple, to be a Christian, a disciple is someone who knows that God loves them, who just knows because of the cross that they're loved. Because of the price that Jesus paid for them when he died for them on the cross, their sin has been forgiven and they are loved. We read in verses 28 to 31, Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of much more value than many sparrows. We're loved. God loves us. Life can at times be tough, but God loves us. Following Jesus, being a disciple can be challenging, but God loves us. This world is not always an easy place to be a Christian, but God is for us. Paul got it again in verse 35 of Romans 8. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, trouble or tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? He goes on in verse 37, no. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We have been loved. We are loved. And we know we're loved because of Calvary and because Jesus died for us. Know today that you are loved. Abide in that love. Seek and ask for more of his loving presence to be something that is experiment, experientially yours. Experience his love and enter into the fullness of his joy. Fourthly, knowing that we're loved, we will want to shed that love abroad. We will own the privilege that is the privilege of the disciple because a disciple is someone that will want to tell the world and tell others that Jesus Christ is Lord. We read verses 32 and 33. Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. We need guts. We need courage to be those who are open and who publicly tell others and let others know that we are following Jesus that he is our creator, that he is our redeemer, that he is our judge, that he has called us to be his disciples, and we simply openly confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. If you become a follower of Jesus and have never been baptized, you might want, you will want, you should actually do that publicly in baptism. If you were baptized as an infant, you might want to choose a service of confirmation later down the road when that's allowed so that you can publicly 
invite your friends to such a service and tell them that you have given your life to Jesus Christ. Or you just might want in the workplace, over the fence, to let people see and hear from your lips, as well as see in your life, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Make it your priority in these days to tell others, to tell others that Christ is living in you and with your mouth to confess that Jesus is Lord. Because disciples are those who make disciples of others. And for the church today, as we emerge from this pandemic, following Jesus in a post-COVID world, which it will become, will be a matter of us earnestly seeking to make Christ known. And in the immediate, as we emerge out of uh, lockdown, please be those that find ways, creative ways, lots of ways, to tell your family, to tell your friends, to tell your neighbours, to tell the world that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's not retreat into our buildings whenever we're allowed to meet in them again. But let's be those who make disciples of others, inviting them to join us on this exciting adventure of following Jesus Christ and being his disciples. Because a disciple is someone who makes disciples. And finally, a disciple we see in these verses is someone who will be willing to put their life on the line, who will be able and willing in the strength that God gives to put Christ first. Yes, we may be misunderstood, perhaps even by friends, maybe even by family, but our calling remains constant. It's to follow Jesus. Those who put our liturgies together in the Church of Ireland were incredibly wise when they placed at the very centre of our liturgy the first and second uh, great commandments of Jesus where he said here what the Lord Jesus Christ says, you shall love the Lord your God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. A disciple is all of those things. A disciple is someone who doesn't expect it to be easy. A disciple is someone with the end in view. A disciple is someone who knows that they're loved with the Calvary love of Jesus Christ. A disciple is someone who makes disciples of others. And a disciple will be someone who will be willing to lay down their life and to put Christ first and to put Christ at the centre. He calls you to follow him. He calls you to become his disciples. When I was first converted and gave my life to Christ, there was a, a song that we loved to sing. I'm not a singer, but I'm actually going to have a go.
and attempt to sing it. And as I'm singing it, it may not sound wonderfully tuneful, but I want to encourage you to choose to be a disciple, to choose to continue to be a disciple, to choose to become a disciple if you're not already a disciple, to choose to follow Jesus Christ. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? No turning back, no turning back. Let us pray. Lord, I do pray and ask, Lord, that in each of our lives, where we, Lord, have already chosen and decided to follow you, that we would remain faithful, that, Lord, we would truly be everything increasingly that a Christian disciple is called to be. And Lord, for any who want to begin that journey right now, please pray. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I am a sinful person. Forgive me. Cleanse me live in me. I choose from this day on to follow Jesus Christ. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Amen.